Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. We certainly need you now, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So today we're going to talk about um, unless you see, you won't believe. Is that right? Amen. Unless you see, you will not believe. And uh, <clears throat> this is a story of the nobleman's son that uh, Jesus healed just with his word. And uh, we we need to understand some things about <clears throat> how faith works because that's the whole quest is to, you know, it takes faith to get saved. It takes faith to get healed, takes faith to prosper, takes faith to stay with God. You know, this is a walk of faith. So we have to use faith every day just to stay faithful to God and not turn and go back into the world. You know, uh, we need faith every day, all the time. Um, and for everything. And so I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, uh, you've got a, you've got a plan for all of us. Uh, and that plan is living by faith in no other way. There's no other plan, uh, in God for us except living by faith. So if you're not willing to settle the faith issue and to decide to live by faith and love God and love his word and love being obedient to God. Really, that's what faith is. It's being obedient to God, being obedient to his word, uh, meditating on his word, letting that be your delight. Let yourself be pleased in, in hearing God's word and knowing that he's speaking to you. Uh, he's speaking to your heart when you read the Bible. He's given you a message from him, uh, something that's special for you, something that he has set aside for you, uh, and, and it, it, it will satisfy your every need. There's no such thing as getting anything out of God's word that's not helpful to you. Uh, it's all there to help you, amen, and it will help you. Uh, whether you want to hear it or not, whether it corrects you or not, it should always correct you because we're always being influenced by things, you know, in our minds. You sit up and you think about crazy stuff or you sit up and listen to too much news or spend too much time on the Internet you know, with these things and you need to have your, your mind washed. You need to have it rinsed out with pure things like God's word. And so that word is always going to serve a purpose in our lives to bless us, to help us, build us up, strengthen us, uh, purify us. The word washes, the water of the word washes us, washes you clean. Of all the nonsense we listen to, you know, the, the news people, uh, you know, the alphabet soup of news, you know, and, and, uh, you know, your favorite people that you like, you know, I don't know, Oprah's off TV now, I don't know who's on there anymore, <laughs> you know, there's more somebody else just as confused as she is, you know. Uh, you know, somebody say, man, I think she's confused. She thinks there's all kinds of ways to get to God. 
you know, and get to heaven. And, you know, her dad was a minister. Yep, she's comes from a long line of preachers. You can tell by the way she speaks. She's gifted that way. She can influence a lot of people, but she's not doing it the right way, amen? And so we pray for her, you know, that, that she will repent and, and her eyes will be opened up. You know, the eyes of her understanding will be enlightened uh, because there are a lot of people in darkness. Don't get defensive of people because you like them. You know, you can't defend everybody you like because they're not all to be defended. In fact, we don't defend ourselves. We let the blood speak for us. Amen. And she really needs the blood to speak for her. And she's not alone. There's a lot of people on television and radio just like her. You know, they're lost people. And so we we need to understand, you know, these, you know, there's some challenges out there for us, you know. And this is the way the enemy works. He'll put people out there and dare you not to like them, you know. Uh, and so, you know, you, you feel guilty because you don't like certain people because you think you're supposed to and all of that. You know, you, you've got to discern. That's why you need the word. You need the word to cut through all that, you know, baloney and salami and whatever else is out there, you know. <laughs> you know, God gives you ham. I mean, you know. We're not Jewish, we're not under restrictions, but you know, he, he serves you up a steak or ham or whatever you want. You don't have to eat bologna all the time. So anyway, but um, you know, we gotta be discerning folks. These are the end times and if there were, you know, Israel always stumbled. Why? Cause they start liking their neighbors. Instead of living separate from them, they start liking them. Amen. Finding some kinship with them, finding something about them that they liked instead of listening to God. God said, don't hook up with them people. Don't pay no attention to them because you're going to start running after their gods. And sure enough, they did. Amen. So God knows what tempts us and what pulls us off of our covenant and our love for him. We start giving to other gods the things that are sanctified and set apart to him. Our attention, our time, our worship, all of that, that's God's. That belongs to God. Amen. Not to whoever else you think you, you like so well. And he said, well, I don't worship Oprah. Well, you don't worship God because you'll challenge God's word to defend what she says. Got me? Just cause she give away car keys don't make her a big, a big deal. You got me? She not God just cause she giving away cars. Just a thought. You know, it's something to keep in mind. Cause the enemy uses big fish to lure us in. He likes big bait so that he can lure us in. So that we don't think we give people a pass even though they say crazy stuff. And they say stuff that's anti what we believe, what we hold to. And these times that we live in is especially crucial for us to hold on to the word. Amen. You see people everywhere. You know, you can't go on Facebook or on any social media without seeing somebody lifting up Jesus, asking for prayer. 
you know, in taking a hard stand on the word. Amen. And that kind of thing. So while people are, people in the church are getting more and more, um, lax, I would say, um, less adamant about the word, less bold about their confession. We see people who are just out of nowhere, all of a sudden crying out for God. And God's depending on the church to teach them, to help them, because many of them are just baby Christians with no teaching, no church, no, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And so he's looking to us who know better. Amen. Some of us know better and aren't living it. And we've got to start living it. And I mean living it everywhere. So this uh, respect for God's word, honoring God's word, lifting it up high, that's got to be our calling card, folks. That's always the Christian's calling card. And many times we'll see, we'll see unbelievers mock us and make fun of us. Why? Because we're doing the same things they are. They're quick to, to, to lose respect for us because they watch us. God wants us to stay faithful to Him. And we need faith to do that. You, you gotta live by faith every day. You gotta look at God's Word and say, God, I don't care what anybody else is saying about anybody, I believe you. Amen. And I trust you and I'm going to follow you and I, I will not follow another. And Holy Spirit, help me to keep my word, you know, to God and to myself that he's the only one that, that I want to follow in this life. Amen. And so faith really is the key. God honors faith. I don't care what you do. As long as you're believing God's word, when you do it, God will honor it. And he will bless you and he will help you. And so the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And God wants us all to be justified in his sight in order for you to have right standing before God. You've got to put your trust in him. You've got to believe him. You've got to do things that are pleasing in his sight and not be a man pleaser. And so when we think about it, God is totally willing and able to do everything that his word says that he will do. So if you'll turn to John chapter 4, we'll get into our example and our word today. John chapter 4, starting in verse 43, I think it is. Uh, Jesus is, is back in... Uh, uh, Capernaum, or is it Cana? No, he's in Cana of Galilee. Uh, and if you recall, that was where his signs and wonders ministry started. His first miracle. The Bible says this beginning of miracles did Jesus at Cana of Galilee. And when he did that first miracle, it says his disciples believed on him. So he, he, this was like his kickoff, his kickoff meeting, uh, to establish that God was with him. Amen. This is what we want. We want whatever we do. We want God to receive the glory. And so when, when it's obvious to people that God has done something, then this is, this is when he's glorified, is when it's something that a human being couldn't do on the best day. Only God can do certain things. And so he turned the water into wine 
And, and that was his calling card, so to speak. That was how people knew God sent him, is by signs and wonders. And that's how people know God sends us, is by signs and wonders. Now, just because you tell people about the Lord, that doesn't really convince a lot of people. There are a lot of people out here talking about Jesus. But if you can uh, preach in such a way that God confirms your word with signs following. In other words, if you're a faith person and you're not a doubter, then uh, when you boldly go to somebody and say, God's going to heal you, he wants you well, let me pray for you. Amen. It's really all you need to do. But so many times we'll have an unction to say that, but then we start rethinking it. Well, how do I know that? I better not say that. Maybe God won't. You see what I'm saying? So your faith has to be strong enough to project that out because the truth is God does want them well. And if he doesn't, if he's not going to heal somebody, why would you be praying for him? Just a feel good prayer. We don't do that. Amen. So, I mean, they may feel good too, but God is working healing in people by his anointing. Amen. So we've got to be clear on who we are, what we're doing, what we have. Amen. We got to be clear on that. And so once we understand that, and then that takes, it takes, um, effort, time and effort to think these things through. You know, just don't go get up and pray for somebody and go home and turn TV on again. Go home and sit down and think about what went on. Meditate on that. God, how did you do that? And I'm, I'm praying. I told him that you were going to heal them for sure. And God will let you know. And I am. I will. That's all I need you to do is say it. I confirm it. See, we, you, you do yourself a disservice by trying to go back and figure out how they feel. You know, that's like a rookie move. Amen. You don't want to know how they feeling because you can't change it one way or the other. You have no power to do anything other than what you just did, and that was pray and bless them and expect God to heal them. Amen. You must expect God to heal them. And so once once we understand our role, then we can can confidently go forth and, and begin to do the works of God. Amen. And he encourages us along the way. So Jesus did his first miracle in Cana of Galilee, and it looks like he's back there again. Amen. He he consistently went back and forth to different cities where he had been before. He kind of made the rounds, getting around, making sure he taught people, making sure he demonstrated God's power and God's love. God wants you well. He doesn't want suffering. He doesn't want sickness. He doesn't want poverty. He took all of that away from people when he healed them. Many times people are beggars because they're sick and because they can't work. And so Jesus brought people back into health again, and they went off and lived a normal life. Amen? So that's what he wants for all of us. So it says here in verse 43, Now after two days, he departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country, 
Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did at Jerusalem at the feast. So this news of his miracle spread like wildfire. And it got back to the people in his hometown. And it says here, he, they, when they heard about it, they gathered around him and, and for they also went to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. So there was a nobleman. This is verse 46 whose son was sick at Capernaum. So he had walked about 16 miles, it is, from Galilee to, from Cana, from Capernaum to Cana. And we, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for the son was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now Jesus has located this man's faith. He's not making this up. He's got a read on his faith. He's got a read on your faith. He's got a read on my faith. He's got a read on everybody's faith. Amen. Why? He's the author and finisher of it. It's his business. Amen. To know our faith. And he says, your faith is limited to what you see. He said, when you see something, then you believe. So Jesus tells him, the nobleman said to him, he said, sir, come down. If you don't, my child will die. So he asks him twice. Amen. In other words, it's urgent for Jesus to come with him to pray for his son. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your son's alive. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son's alive. And he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said to him yesterday, about the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son's alive and himself believed and his whole house. And this again is the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea to Galilee. Now, there's some very important things in this discourse that we need to understand, you know, Generally, you know, and, and I'm like everybody else. I was looking and reading. I said, Oh wow. Well, he, he, he got his miracle. And then we see that we go off, we get the end of the story, so to speak, and we run off real happy. But how do you apply that to your life? See, this is what, this is why we're reading it so that we can get into the story, read the fine print, find out what this guy did and what he didn't do what he was getting ready to do, and Jesus stopped him from doing it so that his son would live. And I think that's important because we all have the ability to believe God for the impossible. That's what you've got to believe. You've got to believe this man is you. You are just like he is. And you have every ability to get a miracle just like he did. You know, most of us look at this and say, hmm, I'm glad that was him and not me. It's 
That's already in the Bible. So somebody did that already. I don't have to do that. But we do that all the time. See, we want to skip over the what's our part part in it and get cut to the chase. Just see where it happened at the end, happily ever after, and we want to run off with it. But God is saying not so fast. Amen. I want to show you some things. And so when Jesus, uh, this man approaches Jesus, he approaches him with the amount of faith that he has. Amen. This is what his faith is telling him is going to work. He thinks that in order for his son to be healed, Jesus has to come with him so that he can lay hands on his son and he will live. He pretty much says that. He says to him, he he says, come down and heal my son, for he's at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. So Jesus locates the man's problem. His problem is he wants to see something before he'll believe. See, the fact that he was wanting Jesus to come with him meant that Jesus has to do all the heavy lifting. All he has to do is walk with him and go along for the ride and let him do all the work. Amen. And Jesus says, no, I want you to believe. He said, I'm going to do something to help your faith. Amen. And and this is what this is how God responds to all of us every time we pray for something. Every time we expect something, he responds to the level of faith that we have at that time. Amen. And he has to increase it to the point where it pleases him so that he's certain that it's not wavering. It's not nervous. It's not I faith. It's inward faith. It's faith in our hearts, not thoughts in our head. Because many times we'll want, we'll think we're in faith and we're not. We just want something. And it's more desire. It's more ex- wanting rather than really righteous faith that, that pleases God. Amen. You gotta have the kind of faith that pleases God. But you gotta know too that God will help your faith. He'll help you get from one, one point to the next point because He knows we have the ability to do it. So here he's, he's speaking to this man. And so this was, uh, Jesus' second miracle, as we said. And this is in Cana of Galilee where he had turned the water into wine. Now when, when people work in miracle ministry, what they have to guard against is this expectation of the spectacular all the time. Many times people, if they don't see something, they don't feel like it's worth getting up going to the meeting for instance you know we have people like that that we've had healing uh ministers throughout all ages amen uh the people that would come to a a oral roberts crusade or benny hen you know something like that Catherine kuhlman even where god would do amazing miracles signs and wonders they don't realize that the people that got the miracle were believing and they pleased God with their faith. So many people like being in that crowd because it's exciting. They can go back and tell other people, look what God did. You got your, your money changers in the crowd. 
you know, they'll hire a bus and, and try to make money off each bus ticket and bring people. You, you understand what I'm saying? So you got a mixture of people in that crowd. They're not all believing and they're not all helping the atmosphere with their faith. Many of them are just kind of sitting there waiting for something to happen so they can say, well, I wonder if it's Jesus has still got it. Yeah, I guess he still got it, you know, or in some of those situations where he had to go away without helping anybody, he said he could not do many mighty works there because of their, what, unbelief. So that means there were so many spectators in the crowd, nobody was expecting anything. Nobody was using their faith. They just say, okay, Jesus, you perform. You show me something. Amen. It's like when Herod found out that Jesus was working miracles, a disciple said, uh, Herod wants to see you. And Jesus said, you tell that old fox I'm out here doing what God told me to do. Amen. I'm performing. You want, in other words, Herod, you want to see something, you come follow me. I'm not come and perform it for you. You got me? That's not what this is about. And so when we understand that there's a mixture in the crowd, and the crowd, what, what happens go on, goes on in that crowd determines a lot of the outcome of different people's wants and their desires. And, and what, you know, like you'll see some people advertise, come expecting, come expecting your miracle. And that, that is a, a, a golden phrase. That's your instruction for how to receive. Because if you just come in as a spectator and, and you, you know, you, bought all your nice outfits so you wear a different outfit every meeting they have and all this kind of stuff you know that's not the proper attitude to have in a meeting where god's in control amen uh, you want to pray that the people that have needs and needs will be met uh, that people will be be blessed and they'll be healed all of that stuff you want to do all of those things and so uh when you understand that what God's doing here uh Jesus is is getting this crowd out of the spectator mode and getting them over into the faith mode and here's a man that's got a need he comes to Jesus with the amount of faith that he has and that's the way we all go you don't wait until you think you got oh, a ton of faith or something you just ask for it just ask because he's the author and finisher of your faith. He's going to finish it up one way or the other. Amen. And so this was the same place. They say he had already performed a miracle there, turned water into wine. And he saw that the people loved the spectacular and not were not so much interested in faith. So when he turned the water into wine, he did no teaching. He did no anything. He just performed. And so that was to get signs and wonders are to draw attention to the preacher. So people know where to come. You got me? I mean, it's it's just that simple. <laughs> but God gets all the glory. See, because if the preacher think it's them, the minute you start thinking it's you, it's going to dry up. So we, we all know how that story ends. Amen. You You won't be used in another thing. So a lot of people out there, they have these one, one hit, you know, like a one, one hit, uh, recording artist, you know, they had one hit their whole career, you know, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of preachers out there like that because they mistakenly thought it was them 
and didn't go back and, and in their quiet time begin to exalt. God, I give you back all the glory. I don't want any attention for myself, Lord. I'm, I'm just thanking you, Father, that you used me and helped me to stay in a place where you can use me again. Amen. And so, uh, and God wants to use us and, and he can help us with that. You know, you don't have to stay uh, in the flesh like that and stay immature. He can help you to grow up. Jesus knows that people love the spectacular and the instant. And I know I'm one of those too. Amen. But we're smart enough to know that it doesn't, what you see in the instant, there's something underneath that's been cooking for a while. Amen. To cause it to manifest when it does. So just because you're there to see when it happens doesn't mean you know everything that was done preliminary to get it to happen. And so this story tells us how these things happen. Amen. So Jesus begins to point out to this man what's hindering his son's healing. Because when you think about it, he was there at home with his boy. He could have prayed and asked God to heal him. You see, Jesus would have healed him long distance just like he did there. But he felt like he had to come and talk to him. You know, now imagine leaving a sick child who's dying at home and walking 16 miles or however he got there. If he went by camel or whatever, it took some time to get there to where Jesus was. So he must have had enough faith to take him from one place to another and believe that when Jesus got back with him, he would have enough time for his son to be healed. Got me? The key is letting Jesus have the problem. Amen? He had planned to do that anyway. See? He said, if I can just go and touch, just like the one with the issue, if I can just touch his, if I can just tell Jesus what's wrong, he'll fix it. See? And that's true. This is why we come to God. If we just tell God what we want, he'll fix it. It won't get fixed until we talk to him about it. Amen? But we have faith that once we confess what we need, he'll give us the remedy. So this man had that level of faith. He had faith that if I get to Jesus, this will all be over with. My problems will be solved. And this is true. See, when we go to Christ, we go to him as our burden bearer. We go to him as our healer. We go to him as our fixer, the one who can fix anything. And so once we understand that, that you're letting go of this problem, you're letting go of this burden, And whatever he tells you to do is what you must do to get your remedy. You got me? Now, this is something I think this man wasn't aware of, that that he thought Jesus was going to come back with him because that was what was in his mind. See, to him, that was how it was going to have to play out in order for his son to be healed. But it was like once he got to Jesus, it was like... (sighs) You know, this big sigh of relief. He got to him. He talked to him. And Jesus got, he got Jesus' attention. And this is what they relied on when Jesus walked the earth. People relied on the fact that he got, when they got an audience with him or they got his attention, that their problem was solved. It was Bartimaeus, the same thing. 
He knew that if he could get Jesus' attention, then his problem was solved. And and this is what we've got to understand. Once you go to God in faith, it's over with. Amen. It's a done deal. And and don't keep going back wondering if he heard you or wondering when it's coming or wondering. He already told you he's he's done it. You got to believe you receive it when you pray. And this is the way faith in God works. You got to believe at the time you pray that he's given it to you. Amen. No, you don't see it. And no, you don't feel it. No, you don't. You got to take him at his word. His word is like money in the bank. Amen. And so once you get his word on something, amen, you can take that check to the bank and cash it and spend the money because this is like money, honey. Amen. When you tell, give it over to the master, he goes, cha-ching, here's your receipt. I take your faith and I give you your receipt and you hold on to it because it's going to come to pass. Amen. And this is the way he wants us to deal with him. This is the way he wants us to believe him. So when when uh, he deals with this man, he points out the problem. Amen. So so this man's son is in a 16 mile walk from where he meets Jesus. But his faith is totally invested in what the Lord can do. See, as long as you believe God will do it, can do it, wants to do it, as long as your faith is right there, you get what you're looking for from God. Once you start to feel like you got to do something extra, you lose it. You start losing ground. So it's like we all do. We sit up and wander. Let your, your mind starts wandering. Why is taking so long? What's it? What did I do wrong? What yada 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 yada? If God came to you and told you you were doing something wrong, you wouldn't want to believe it. Amen. You start arguing with that. Well, I know because I know I did so and so and such and such. So he skips over that part of the conversation with us. Amen. Because we don't want to answer. Not really. We just want our stuff. <laughs> you know, you're just fishing around. The- Find out what's holding up your stuff. Amen. So anyway, this is, this is, you know, quite a distance. And, and see, in my mind, I'm thinking, I said, oh man, I don't think I would have left the house and even bothered asking him if it was going to take a whole day for him. To, you understand what I see? His kid is at the point of death. But see, this nobleman knew something that most, most believers don't know. That once you give it to God, he's got it. It's not his problem anymore, is it? See, it's not the father's problem anymore. Now it's Jesus' problem to get this boy healed. Amen? And this is the way we need to look at our prayers. Once you, once you ask God and you receive your answer, you, you believe you received it when you prayed, it's a done deal. The rest of it's up to God. See, the believing part is our responsibility. And that's what this man does. He believes it. And so the the next thing is for Jesus to do his part. Then you can't do his part. He's got to do his part. So the only part you're responsible for is believing. And so here this man, he's in a distant city, a 16-mile journey. Amen. And this boy is at the point of death when he left the house. But he's somehow, he's God, and his faith is telling him, uh, he's going to live long enough for me to get to Jesus 
and talk to Jesus about this. And this is what you, you need to believe that once, if you can get to the master and get an answer from him, you put the responsibility on him where it rightfully belongs. It's not your responsibility to get you healed. It's not your responsibility to get you a job, to get you money, to find you a husband or a wife or nothing like that. It's his responsibility to do those things for you. And you got to trust him. You know, you can't pray, uh, you know, and ask God, well, God, I'm believing you for a husband. I say, hmm. I'm glad I ain't married. Look at her. You know, look at all your married girlfriends. What's in your heart? What do you really want? You see what I'm saying? See, you're, you're, you can betray your heart. You think you want something because you, you know, all Christians are supposed to want to be married, I guess. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's moving you on it, but, but, uh, you know, we can, we can say we believe God for something, but we never really search our hearts about it, you know. And I think that's why a lot of young people get, don't get married. Look at the world we're living in. You know, you got tranny people, you got people that don't even know what sex they are, you got people having mastectomies at 12 years old, and crazy adults giving it to them. You know, if you're any kind of surgeon, your last thing you want to do is tell some woman you got to cut her breast off. Both of them. There's women with cancer that do everything they can to preserve their womanhood. So what kind of stuff is this? You got confused people. See, people don't understand the power of, of faith in your activities. How much faith uh, is, is shown in your actions. See, you can't be a surgeon who, who is under the vow of do no harm. That's what they're all supposed to vow to. They take an oath when they, you don't just jump out of medical school and go cutting on people and giving people pills. You gotta, you know, you have a ceremony. They gotta like ordain you. You know what I'm saying? And part of your vow is to do no harm. But you got them doing abortions, got them cutting people's breasts off and they're not sick, taking their female organs out and they're not sick, they're underage, got crazy parents that don't know why they got kids. And once your hands are dedicated, they're either dedicated to good or evil. When you swear do no harm, you're supposed to be dedicating them to good. And you get in and start doing evil where you put confusion on things. So no wonder your patients are confused. You got me? So we got a bunch of confused people out here. And we start applauding people. Oh, they're so brave. They they just want to be who they are. They don't know who they are and you don't either. You don't know who you are. You think there's somebody brave for doing that? Bravest people that put on a police uniform with so much craziness, anti-police rhetoric out here. You can go on any social media site and they're condemning police, defund the police, and throwing bricks and stuff at them and applauding that. So I think it's pretty brave somebody put on a uniform and go out and all that nonsense.
Praise God. You know, we got to know the times we're living in, folks. You just can't sit up and listen to everything and think it doesn't affect you. We need to crawl up in the Bible for about four or five hours every day and just don't come out. You know what I'm saying? Keep your mind washed with the water of the word. Definitely. Amen. So, and this is the challenge of our faith. You know, the faith that we're living in from day to day is to keep your faith in the word of God and keep your faith in God to keep your faith pure. Uh, to keep your faith pure so it'll work for the things that you need in life. Amen. And that's what, what this man is being challenged in. Jesus sees that there's part of him that wants to see something before he believes. If that weren't true, he wouldn't have said it. Amen. So he locates this man's faith. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the nobleman continues to beg him, please come and do something. If you don't do it, my child will die. So this man already has in his heart a fear and a vision of a dead child. And that's got to change. Amen. Before this boy can live, that has got to change. Well, who can change that? Nobody but Jesus can. It's not your responsibility to change what you think, what you see, what you fear, and what you envision. It's God. He'll send you a scripture. He'll tell you, hang on to this. So your child will not die. He will live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. And he will give you something to put your faith in other than just being afraid. Because when this man shows up here, he's his boy is so close to the point of death that he's got to see something. I just got to get to Jesus so he can show me something. He can do something. Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, I want you to believe because it's time for your faith to come up to a level where I can honor it and I can give you a miracle. Amen. So he knows his son is at the point of death when he leaves. He takes the journey anyway. He finds out where Jesus is and God opens the door for him to talk to him. Now, the boy is sick. He travels a day. He's got to see Jesus. God makes it possible for him to get in front of Jesus. When all of that happens, you got to know that the rest is a done deal. See, and, and at every juncture where prayer is answered, your faith grows. It doesn't diminish, it increases. So God gets you there. He, You get to talk to him. You get to tell him what's going on. So by the time you tell Jesus what your problem is, it's done. Amen? It always is. It's the same thing we have with him. When you begin to pray, you look in the word and you see what God says and you begin to meditate on it. You say, God, I believe I can have this. I think, can we do this? Is my faith going to get me there? Is it, you know, whatever, whatever. And you begin to discuss it with the master. And it's up to him to sort all of that out for you and help you and give you reassurance. It's not up to you to go through all the old tapes you used to listen to and all the old books you used to read and try to, you know, cookbook something from God. Amen. I know I had that recipe in my head. What is that? It was like, was it three, three cups of sugar? Was it two? 
You understand what I'm saying? Uh, going to God ain't like that. He gonna say, you didn't like the old nasty cake you made the last time you made it. Why are you trying to find the recipe again? Let me give you something new. Let me show you something you really need. Amen? Don't be cookbooking me. You come to me. Amen? And tell me the truth. Whatever faith you got, let me see it. Amen? Spit it out. Let me see what it looks like. And we'll work with it. He works with everybody's faith where it is. There's no such thing as not having enough faith to get what you need from God. You may not get it immediately, but you workable. He can work with you. Amen. You ain't too tough for him to work with. He works with us. He's in charge of our faith. He will complete our faith. What does that mean? It means you get what you want. Amen. You get what you want. And he gets what he wants. Amen. It's a partnership. It's a done deal. So Jesus announces to all of these people, he says it loud enough for for this uh, nobleman to hear it and also for the others standing by. He reprimands them because they're wanting to see signs and miracles before they believe. They're, uh, They're a spectator crowd. So, and it's totally possible to believe without seeing, and he knows that. He's requiring that. He required that of all the disciples when he was raised from the dead. There's Thomas spouting off, I don't care what y'all telling me. I just don't up and believe everybody. And he's standing there running his mouth, and guess who walks through the wall behind him? Huh? He's like, so what y'all looking at? He's standing up there looking at everybody and he's looking at Jesus. What y'all looking at? He said, oh, my Lord, my God. Huh? Right. <laughs> he didn't commend Thomas on his faith. He rebuked him. He said, uh, Thomas, unless you believe, see, unless you see, you know, he said, those people who want a blessing, and that's us, we'll believe before we see. Amen? And not change. So Jesus reprimands this group because they want to see something. Amen? And then they'll believe. It's not the way to do it. Amen? It is totally possible to believe without seeing and before seeing because faith really is a choice. You make a choice. Are you going to put your confidence in the sickness that's of the world, that's temporal, that's temporary? Or are you going to put your faith in something eternal, like health and healing and God's power? Amen. So really, your faith, you choose what you believe in. You definitely do. So it's, it's, it is possible to believe without seeing. So this man must be healed on Jesus' condition for healing. That's we all have to do that. Amen. And that's not unfair. Since people want to see something, Jesus will require more of them. So our faith grows. He can't let it stay at the same level. The devil will trample us now. He see us trying to hold on to that little baby cake faith that we had where we begged and cried for everything and we thought uh, stuff came by crying instead of by faith. Amen? I mean, seriously. 
you know, you hear people give testimonies. I told God I was sick of praying for my wife and she wasn't saved. I told her to save her or take her home. She was saved the next week. Well, that prayer didn't get it. Why are you teaching that to everybody in the church? You need to be teaching real faith. God was going to save her anyway, and he wasn't listening to you running your mouth. He don't answer prayers like that. Your wife is that, and, and really, to be honest with you, 10 years down the road, he wound up divorcing her. Didn't want her anyway. You don't pray, pray throw away prayers and expect God to answer. She was slated to be saved on that day anyhow, no matter what his big mouth was running saying. Teaching people unbelief and threatening God, threatening your wife. How stupid can you be? So Jesus wants us to believe without seeing. Amen. So he sets the conditions for our healing and he also helps our faith. Amen. Just like he did with the, the man with the son with the seizures. The man said, I believe some, but help my unbelief. He just confessed as a part of me is just finding it hard to believe somebody can help us. Amen. And so once you make yourself, you just be honest before God. You know, God, I'm having a little bit of a challenge with this one. This is, you know, I'm, you got to get me over the hump here. What, what can you do me? How can you help me? What do I need to do? Read some more word. I can do that. Tell me what word to read. <laughs> Meditate more. Praise you more. Worship you more. Confess more. Whatever it is. Or do I just chill and get rid of this doubt in my head and quit expressing doubt so much? Amen? Because really sometimes that little thing we get, whereas what do I need to do that's doubt? It's cute to some of us, but it's doubt just the same. You got me? So if doubt can cloak itself in something that looks passable, that looks spiritual or religious, it'll wrap itself up in that and keep you entertained with it for a long time. I just know it's something else I'm not, something I'm not doing right. I says, well, the Holy Ghost lives in you. Why don't you knock on his door and ask him what he thinks about what you're saying? But we don't like doing that. Why? Because we're scared about the answer. <laughs> oh, Lord, if he'd ever tell me what he really think about my prayers. You understand what I'm saying? If he's living contented inside of you, that's a good sign. Amen. Just keep thanking him for it like you expected. Amen. Don't quit expecting. And that's part of faith. Expectation is part of faith. Amen. So this man, this man, uh, he must receive his son's healing on Jesus' condition for healing. And since people want to see something, Jesus must require more of, of us because his faith deals in the invisible realm. It does not deal in the visible. It's active and it's working in the invisible realm, not the visible. Why does he not work in the visible realm? 
because we are easily influenced by it. So if he's working, and that's the devil's domain, the visible realm is the devil's domain, so why would God work in the devil's playground to try and bless his kids? He opens up a different door for us to get our blessings. And that's the door of faith, which deals with the invisible, where where the enemy can't come in and manipulate it and change it so that we won't want it. Amen. Or he can't come in and tell us that we're not doing enough and we can see. See, when you look and you try to see what you're believing for in the invisible realm, you're liable to want to criticize it and challenge it. And it's not right. I need to do this different or that different. And that's what happens sometimes when we start to manipulate our activities to fit what we think the problem is as to why we don't have it yet. The reason you don't have it yet ain't the due season for it. If God's honest, and he's pure and he's holy. He's not holding up your your blessing for any reason. You're holding it up because you refuse to let go of it and just trust God with it. You just got to trust God. It's nothing you can do anyway. We keep trying, but it's nothing you can do. Amen. And so we we need to to understand that God helps our faith. He just helps it. Amen. He always helps our faith. So so this man then, when Jesus speaks to him and gives him his answer, amen. This is this is he's coming to Jesus for a yes or a no. Amen. <laughs> Are you gonna come or ain't you gonna come? That's really what we're looking for. That's why the Bible assures us that all the promises of God are yes and amen. By us. We're the ones who have to say yes to it. And you're not looking for God to say yes or no. Amen. You're looking for the yes. Amen. And that yes comes from you. Because God's already said yes. The question is, can you believe he'll do it for you? So that's always our challenge. Can we believe? And faith, thank God, we don't have to have total perfect faith the minute we ask or get turned down. Thank God he works with our faith. He takes us right where we are and he begins to work with us. Amen. The Syrophoenician woman found that out. She had faith, but it was bottled up in a lot of fear and unbelief and doubt and stuff. And Jesus worked with her until she expressed her faith. Amen. She had it all along. She just was afraid to express it. Amen. It's like, you know, you know how sometimes we'll rehearse in our minds what we're going to say to somebody. You know how that goes. Or you, you, God gets a hold of your big mouth and you can't think of something smart back to say to somebody. And then when you leave the situation, I should have said someone, I should have told him off real good. I said, and you don't even know God intervened for your crazy self. Nobody want to hear a piece of your mind. See, they don't know me. They don't know, no, you don't know yourself. Go somewhere and sit down somewhere. But see, this lady had already rehearsed in her mind what she was going to say if she got turned down. And Jesus knew it. Amen. Amen. 
Now think about it, because she came up with that answer real quick. You know, it's like somebody somebody call you a name, and you say, ooh, sound like you said that before. You know what I'm saying? That came through real strong, you know, like it's been rehearsed. And and so, you know, she we do stuff like that. That's why he warned the disciples. He said, don't try to think ahead of time what you're going to say when they take you to court. He said, your father, the spirit of your father will give you what to say when you get there. In other words, quit all this rehearsing and crazy stuff. And, you know, you can't think of the best answer anyway. You, you dealing with, he said, he's, in other words, when Jesus is the one that causes the problem for you, you would seek him for the answer. See, when you, when you get in trouble for preaching the gospel, you can't figure out ahead of time what to say to anybody. Well, when I get there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read John 3.16 and I'm gonna know you ain't gonna do nothing cause they ain't gonna even let you have no Bible in jail. You know, they were ready to put Christians under the jail. If you don't but know it. Amen. <laughs> so, but the, the Syrophoenician woman, she probably said, now them people, they think I'm a dog and they don't like people like me. But if he ever say something smart to me, call me a dog, I'm going to tell him, yeah, even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. And what happened? Just like she thought, he called her a dog. And what did she say? Yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. See, she thought she was going to be telling him off and get him out of her face once and for all. But he told her, he said, for that saying... In other words, sister, you slapped me into my common sense. He said, in other words, I'm going to give you what you want. You want it that bad. (laughs) Amen. So she was willing to risk offending him for truth. And that's what you got to get down. You got to get down to the truth that's in your heart. Amen. How do you really feel about this? God, I just don't know why I'm not getting nowhere with this, this confession of mine. Now I want to, I want to know now, Lord, is, if I'm on the right track, I'll keep it up. I'm going to keep it up no matter what. But if, am I on the right track or not? Do you understand what I'm saying? Just ask. Cause that's what you really want to know. Amen. And so here Jesus tells this man that, that if he, if he, he's gotta let go of the wanting to see stuff. So the man knows, he says, I'm not gonna be able to get this the way I envision getting it from him. I'm not gonna be able to, to, to do anything cause my, my faith is wrong. So he knows his faith is gonna need some adjusting. Amen. And so it's gotta be done on Jesus' condition for healing because Jesus is trying to help our faith. He, he, at every turn, our faith has to get stronger. It has to be more pleasing to him. It's got to be able to do more. And oftentimes the way our faith gets stronger is by us having to hold on to it. Amen. If say, for instance, if somebody, you know, you almost fall off of a ledge and they've got a couple of spikes in the mountain there for you to hold on to the longer you hold on amen the stronger your faith will get and the stronger your hold will get on something people think they get weaker but you'll figure out a way to keep you up there you'll brace your feet so take the pressure off your arms or do something but the longer you hold on the stronger you get amen and the more resolve you get 
um, I was listening to somebody was preaching about an example of, of faith and, and what it means to to have faith where it's not a struggle for you. It's just a letting go of everything. And I think it was as somebody uh, some there was somebody trying to launch a hot air balloon or something and they was being held by down by ropes and the balloon started to take off on its own power. And so the guys who were holding on to it onto the ground held on and it started to lift, you know, up into the air and one by one, they all dropped off and then they, they looked up and there was still one little head up there still holding on and so when they finally got the balloon down the guy was still very much alive and he got off and talked to him and they said well how did you hold on to that he said i wasn't holding on he said i just grabbed the end of the rope and wrapped it around my waist and in the rope held me up there you got me so there's a way for us to hold on to our faith. I don't care how difficult the situation is. See, don't walk away from a promise because you think it's too hard or you think your time is up for something. Amen. Just continue to hold on. Sometimes that's what faith is. It's just by the, the your fingertips hanging on. Amen. You don't even know how you're holding on, but you're still holding on. Amen. So this man has to meet Jesus' requirements. We all do with our faith. And it's not too hard for us to do. Amen. You know, the minute God requires something of us and we know it, we go, oh, boy, here we go. Oh, Lord, it's going to take forever to get this. I got Well, you ain't doing nothing now. You don't have it. You're not enjoying it. So you ain't losing nothing. So just hold on and, and believe him for it. Amen. So, so God requires more of us on a daily basis as far as our faith is concerned, not less more. So what that means is every day you go to God in the word and you thank him for blessing you with whatever it is. You know, and spend some time in the word so that your, your, your unction is stronger when you thank him. See, it's a stronger unction when it's full of the word. When you're just thinking about it, oh yeah, I forgot to thank God for so and so today, and you go to thanking him, just cut it out, okay? He, don't play around with him, act like you want it, you know, put some time in. So Jesus challenges him to believe without seeing. Why? Because he knows he can do it. We can all do that. Amen. That is the God kind of faith. So what he's requiring everybody to do is to, you know, exchange your sight faith for the faith of God. God creates with words. We don't create anything. It has to be created already before we can receive it. But when we do thank God for it, then speak the word and affirm it. We thank him for it. It's because it's already there waiting for us in glory. And when you use your faith, you tap into the substance of what you're hoping for. And that substance is what keeps you grounded. It keeps you. That's how you can't walk away from your faith. You know, sometimes you think about it. You say, dang, I'm with three days without thanking God for anything. And you and you thank him anyway. Even though in your mind you're thinking, I done really messed up now. You thank him anyway. Why? Because of the substance of faith. Your faith is telling you it's still possible. 
Your faith is telling you he's still waiting on you to claim it, still waiting to give it to you. Amen. So your faith is what draws you back to obeying God and doing what's necessary to receive what he what you're believing him for. So Jesus challenges this man to believe without seeing men. Now, Jesus could have gone home with the man like he wanted him to, but that would not have been good for his faith. The things that we want, the way we want God to do it all the time ain't the best way. For us, our faith or anything else. Amen. And many times we're trying to, to wimp out on things. Go to what we think is the easy way. Amen. Not want to assert ourselves too much. Not want to go against the grain. We want to be in, in that little crowd and that little clique that we've always of unbelievers. Christians, but unbelievers. Now have a lick of faith. And you know it because you've been knowing them half your adult life and you ain't had no faith when you was around them either. You understand what I'm saying? So let's just cut it out. Cut it out. Be around them people that you get nervous when you walk up to them because they're full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You don't want them to know what you, oh, I've been not, I've been not called by her, passed by her and she been and told me off. I don't tell you off. I tell you what you need to do. Like Jesus, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. I've never said that to anybody, see? I always tell you God's going to do it. Let's get back down to believing again, amen? So Jesus challenges him to believe without seeing. That is the God kind of faith. So he wants to switch him over from natural faith to supernatural faith. And that's the best place to be. You'll get more. On supernatural faith, even if you just use it here, there, and everywhere, little bitty things, uh, then you will by natural faith. Amen? So the God kind of faith is what's needed to bring about a healing. It's needed to bring about a miracle. Because really, you're asking God to invade a hopeless situation and bring it back to life again. So it's going to take the faith of God to do that. Doctors can't do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. Amen. So, um, so he, he could have gone home. Jesus could have gone home with this man to heal his son like he asked him to. But he, and he had done this for others. But in this case, it would not work. And this is why you can't keep pulling out your list of steps and formulas every time you need something from God. Well, I'm going to sip a little sip of water on. you got to go to the master and get instruction. This man is doing the best thing he can do. He said, go back and bug Jesus. Well, God, you heard my prayer. You know what I need. I'm just asking you to help me with this, Lord. Just instruct me and lead me, guide me, show me what I need to do, what I need to say, how I need to pray. Show me the whole show so I can be, so I can get this. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to miss a step. I want to be on time. I want to be right here. My child's life and death is, is hanging in the balance. My child will either live or die according to what I do. And this is, this is what this man is aware of on the inside of him. He knows if I don't get this right, my boy's not going to live. Amen. 
So he goes to the master and he tells him what he needs. And Jesus tells him what he must do in order to receive it. He does that with all of us. Amen. Even sometimes when the answer comes up in you right away. He's the Holy Spirit who lives in you has heard your prayer. And he has the answer right there for you. Amen. Just, you know, he'll tell you, you know, get in your word more. You know, get in it, feed it. It's, you know, uh, um, uh, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Just the word's going to heal you. Just keep meditating on the word. Go back into your word. Listen to your word. Amen. And And that's a part that we can all do that never fails. That'll always bring about your healing. It'll always bring about your deliverance. It'll always bring about whatever it is that you need. Sometimes you need to quit listening so, so much and and read it because the Bible Proverbs 4, 20 says to keep it before your eyes. Let your eyes fall on that page sometimes because God knows we have a tendency to just want to grab our favorite whatever we listen to. And, and, and see, a lot of times you'll listen and you're totally distracted. It's just planned. You know, it's not, you're not really giving it attention. So sometimes you got to slap yourself and say, okay, Lord, I'm pay attention to this. Let me go get my Bible out and, and start looking at this word. Amen. So it is totally possible to believe without seeing. That's where God wants to get us all to because that way it'll be successful. So Jesus challenges him to do this, amen, and this is needed to bring about his miracle. So the reason Jesus did not go with him to heal his son is that he wanted to elevate this man's faith because he knew that he would need faith of this caliber to do everything else that needed to be done in that family. And so we don't know all that Jesus is trying to do with our faith, but we got to give it once we give it to him and he gives us his faith in return, then his faith requires certain conditions on it. So it'll work. And there's also some things that he wants when he says, I want to get the glory. He doesn't mean just through what you want. And the glory stops there. He may want to go beyond what you want so that he can, it can be said, God really made a difference here. God really did something here. So he tells him, uh, because he is the author and the finisher of our faith, he has something in mind every time we pray and ask for something. So there's a, a, cause it's not our faith folks, it's his. So we're like borrowing. So when you borrow something for somebody, what do you do? You're under their conditions. You know, if if, if somebody came to you and borrowed ten dollars and and they just wanted to take it, that you say, hey, wait a minute, when can you pay this back to me? You understand what this is? Borrow, amen. Is you know, when when can I expect it back? And so what what. That person wants is number one to make sure that you keep your word and number two that they don't come out on the loss for having helped you. And so in order for God not to suffer loss when he helps us, he has to have an investment in our faith. 
there must be something that God wants in order for us to be challenged properly to come back with the kind of faith that pleases him. It pleases him when he can get the whole job done at one time. And your faith is not just for your needs. Please understand that. Please understand that. There's so many instances in the Bible where you see that that's not the case. People don't just don't go and ask for what they want for them. When they finally get that answer, there's something God wanted. Look at Hannah with Samuel. God needed something. You see how the priesthood was. There's a bunch of uh, thugs. You know, Eli's son stealing, having sex with the women at the temple, you know, at the gate of the tabernacle, all that kind of stuff. The the kingdom was going downhill and would have de- deteriorated rapidly had God not had somebody that he could raise up. And Eli's sons were disqualified. It's not the same old, same old. So somebody has to step into that arena who's willing to make a sacrifice to God so that God can get something out of the deal. Our lives are not our own. And there's no reason for us to demand things from God without expecting that he would call the shots to get something for himself. So many times it's this added something that, that God needs us to do for the kingdom's sake that, that allows us to be able to participate with him and increase our faith at the same time. You're not giving up anything. You know, you're not really, what did he do for Hannah? For, for one Samuel, he gave her five more kids. You understand what I'm saying? So once God opens your womb, you have many kids as you want to. You got me? And so when we see things like this, we think, oh, God, I, you know, well, you know, I just want what I want. I don't want to do nothing. I don't, Hannah, I don't want no more kids. You understand what I'm saying? We just always pleading our case down to where we think it's going to take cheap faith in order to get it. There is no cheap faith. It costs Jesus, it's going to cost you something. And whatever it takes for you to rest in God and let him have it and let him run the show and let him determine what the outcome is going to be, it'll shock your mind sometimes the things that God is doing with our little old efforts, our little old faith and our little old prayers. Amen. You know, we all want to be, you can be a world changer. You know, that stuff falls on deaf ears because them people ain't changed. Before you change the world, you got to change. Got to let God change you first. You're changing nothing. You you do nothing but let the world stay exactly the way it is. (laughs) Amen. So he has to convert us first. That's what he does to this man. This man goes home and he is totally different from when he met Jesus on that road, I bet you. Amen. His faith is different. His outlook is different. And the fruit is different. So we'll finish him up tomorrow, okay? Father, thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for giving us what we need. Every time we're in your presence, Lord, you never shortchange us. And Father, thank you for keeping our power on today and and to keep the power in the neighborhood and in the city on. We're not selfish people here. We're not special. We just love you. 
we determine to obey you. And you want this whole city to be filled with light. So we thank you, Lord, for keeping the power on in the whole city. Storm, you pass over. In the name of Jesus, you don't linger here. You keep it moving. You get out of God's territory and quit harassing his people. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I don't have whatever it is that you fight. Amen. And it don't have me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.